Please do not let that man get his second victory. Otherwise, we're all fucked. <laughs> oh, the thing is, mate, I, I honestly cannot deal with it. He lives around the corner from me as well. If, <laughs> if he wins, it's going to be a disaster. It's going to be a disaster. I know. I mean, it will be hell for you, man. It'll be hell. I mean, I think it'll be good for you to win. Uh, yeah, if you want any of win. my players, you know, just yeah. just make me some really bad trade offers. Just this <laughs> man has to be stopped. <laughs> Welcome everyone to Tight Ends, a fantasy football NFL podcast based out of the UK. We are back. We had a week off last week. Uh, Fitz, our normal host, was away on business. He's still away on business, so you're stuck with me, Flem. I'm here this week with the GM of the Essex Musketeers, Paul, how are you doing? I'm very well. How's things with you? Yeah, doing well, mate. Doing well. Good to have you here. And first time podcast guest, uh, reigning champ. GM of the OBS Wolfpack, Steve. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing good. Super glad to be on. Lots of topics to discuss this week, I bet. Are you, are you really glad? Are you really glad you're here when uh, you're against me and uh, we know what happened this week? Um, you know, okay, I'm very nervous about the games, but I'm, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be on this week because there's, there's a lot of topics in fantasy, in the games. Uh, yeah, it should be quite entertaining, I think. Yeah, do you know what? We've got we've got so much to catch up on. And obviously we had the games in London this week as well, or, or the game, I should say, in London this week, which was, you know, we'll come on to it, but it was an absolute cracker of a game. You know, if there's a game to have in London, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, some of the guys um, who are in the fantasy team were at the game itself. I was uh, there. And we'll hear from them. I know, and especially you, Paul, you'll, we'll hear from you so you can tell us all about what happened, the atmosphere, all that kind of stuff. Really looking forward to get into that. But before we get into everything uh, at once, um, it's so great to hear the response we're getting about the podcast. We're loving it. We're having a great old time. At the end of the day, it's just eight pals taking the piss out of each other, which is what's good fun about it. Um, But if you are listening to this, thanks so much. You can get the podcast from wherever you normally get it. If you've not left us a review yet, we'd love that um, because that pushes up the ranking so people hear about us. Uh, you can get in touch on social media at Facebook or Twitter or Instagram at Tight Ends Pod, or you can email us at tightendspod at gmail.com. And if you do that, you can get your email read out on air. And who doesn't want that? Right, let's get stuck in, shall we? And let's get into part one, which is our three things. So three things, as always, is the point in the show where we talk about three things that have um, piqued our interest, shall we say, about this week in NFL. Um, Steve-O, you first. What's the first thing that you want to talk about in this week's NFL? I think I'd like to talk about the Lions. Um, oh, I mean, God. Oh, right, the Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. You had to Sorry, bring them up. Paul. Sorry, Paul. Sorry, Paul. You know, at least I'm going to bring it up in a positive kind of spirit, actually. So... I mean, the reason I want to bring up the lines is, I don't know about you guys, but I'm actually really enjoying the games. 
um, that these guys are playing in, you know, uh, to the point where I'm feeling sorry all the time for the Lions when they're not winning because it seems to be so close. But what what I love, I mean, I think the question is, right, where are these guys going to finish this season? They got one of the best offenses right now. I mean, you look at what they're doing. You look at uh, the the wide receivers they've got. Um, you know, uh, Jared Goff, how he's doing right now. I mean, the Lions look pretty dangerous when they're on it. They just <laughs> got to stop leaking uh, points to the other teams, right? But um, so I'm super interested to hear from you guys where you think they're going to finish because I like the Lions team this year and I think they could be in a much better position than they are right now. Yeah, well, Paul, we'll come to you in a sec because you're a Lions fan, right? Yeah. Um, my point of view, put it this way, I've just picked up Jared Goff, my fantasy team, and dropped Aaron Rodgers. And that in itself has got that to speak. speaks volumes there. Speaks that speaks volumes. volumes. Yeah, I mean, it speaks volumes about, you know, to be honest, the Packers are boring at the moment and they're boring the life out of me. I made the big mistake and I put Rodgers in this week ahead of Kyler Murray and that almost ruined the game for me. But we'll come on to that again, Steve, sorry. Um, but yeah, look, you're right. The Lions, the Lions are a lot of fun. I've always thought of the Lions as a bit of a punchline over the past few years. Uh, and God, you know, Paul being a fan of them, you know, it must have been absolutely hellish. But I've always thought of them as a bit of a punchline. But they are entertaining. And you're right, the offense is incredible. But against the Seahawks, and I, and I just looked this up just now, against the Seahawks the weekend, 555 yards of offense the Seahawks put up. They didn't get one stop. No, no. Every, they, they, time, they did, every time they got the ball, they scored. <laughs> yeah, they, and and they didn't and they didn't force the Seahawks to punt once. Now, if you're doing that, it's, it's the old adage that you know the best teams are built on defence, and you can be as entertaining as you like, um, but if you've not got that that ability to stop teams from scoring points, then then you're not going to do well. Are they going to make the playoffs this year? At the moment, I'd say no. Um, they need a really big turnaround. But, Paul, I'd be interested to know what you think. Well, I've suffered for many, many years, obviously, as a Lions <laughs> fan. Um, the thing for me, are playoffs is just never in my head. As stupid as it sounds, playoffs never in my head. No. Just be competitive. Be competitive. Be in the games. And at the moment, we are. I mean, we are the number one ranked offense in the league. Mm-hmm. But we are the ranked 32 on defense, so we are polar opposites com- completely. Now, how Only, is that not entertaining, though? It's entertaining, but we're we're like the opposite of what Real Madrid were in the 2000s, where <laughs> we will outscore you five-four, you know, or or six-five. The problem is with the Lions; they're the five. Somebody else is always the six. They're yeah. they're, they're never the team that actually crossed the line. Um, Obviously, Dan Campbell's coming this year. I don't know if you guys watch Hard Knocks, which was really entertaining yeah, to yeah, get that behind-the-scenes look. Um, Dan Campbell coming last year, um, but this year's sort of stamping his sort of style onto the um, onto the team. And he just wants players who want to play for the team. He doesn't want egos. He doesn't care about your salary. He just wants you to love playing for the Lions. And I think you've got to give him a chance. I think too too often in this game... Managers get fired before they really get a chance to stamp their sort of style and authority on the team. Are we improving? Yes, because obviously people are talking about us. As you said, uh, no, nobody wants to talk about the Lions. They're boring. I've listened to a couple of podcasts this week. They're talking about the Lions, you know, so, you know, all good publicity. Hopefully we can keep building. Definitely need some things to happen on defense. But 
I don't think playoffs are in it for, for us this year, but definitely, definitely, definitely. I agree with you, Steve, like your whole point. We're entertaining and who knows that might attract better players in the future. We'll see. But that's it. And I think the thing we've got, we've got to ask ourselves, right? I mean, if they just focus everything on the defense, you know, what, what, what can they do? If they can just show they can firm that up a bit, I mean, then, you know, teams are going to be worried about how many points they can score against them. I mean, and look, look how many players weren't in the offense. As True, well, yeah, no yeah. St. Brown, no Swift oh, played and, and last St. week. St. Brown's been you know, one of the finds of the season. I mean, what yeah. a player. Yeah. One of my players. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, we, had, we do have some really genuinely decent players. A couple of good rookies as well. Some of the, the guys we signed in the draft who hasn't actually played. Um, actually, on defence, they, they picked up early injuries in camp, so they're already on IR. But if they can come back as well, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, wow. brilliant. Yeah, really good. Who, and, yeah. who would have thought we'd have this conversation about the Lions, right? We would have expected us to be taking the piss, but instead... Yeah. I mean, I mean we, we, we had Red Zone on at the weekend, actually, and my wife's been hearing me, hearing me moan about the Lions for years. And even she said, they've scored 45 points. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but they've still lost. I'm like, I yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. I mean, you're right. We, we do normally come on and we take the piss out of the Lions, but instead... Paul, we're just going to take the piss out of the Musketeers instead, you know, so. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. We'll come on to that. I'm just like the Lions, like, of our fantasy team. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Nice one, Steve. Paul, what's your one thing from this week? I think I know what it's going to be. (laughs) I would like to talk about the international games. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Obviously, this weekend, I went to see uh, Vikings versus the Saints. It was me, uh, my son, uh, James, um, like Fitz of um, the Stallions, and supposed to turn up was GM of the Sharks, Mr. Mr. Nick. But his wife had some sort of dress fitting, bridesmaids dress fitting, what? and he didn't attend. And I'm I'm sure we would have all done the same thing, you yeah. know, and bridesmaid fittings. They, they, yeah, they've yeah, got to be yeah. attended. Really, really important shit there. That's the first mm. I've heard about this. Yeah, well, I think we might best skim over that part <laughs> right we're gonna we're gonna get him on next week but that is brutal change. there you go a bit of ammunition for you there i didn't Excellent. say anything nick it wasn't me <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> but yeah um obviously before i talk about the game just just would like um your opinion guys on the international games in general because for me before they started coming over to to london i was a very very casual Lions fan until they come over in 2014 they played the uh, atlanta falcons I took my son to see him. He was seven years old at the time. He's like 15 now. And it was arguably one of the best comeback international exciting games that there's been. At, at halftime, the Lions were losing 21-0 in true Lions fashion. Um, but they come back to win uh, 22-21 with a walk-off mm. last second field goal. It was fantastic. And from that day, I was just completely hooked, hooked on NFL. And I think... The international games have made more more fans, made it more accessible for for people. Got the word out there. What's your take? Luke, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, would we be doing this here today if it wasn't for the games in London? There's there's yeah. a chance we'd say no. You know, I wouldn't be I, here. I, I, I would yeah. be here. Absolutely, I wouldn't be here. I mean, it's done it for me, right? It brought back the childhood memories, and um, but yeah, watching it at Wembley and at Tottenham now, I, I it's just. I don't know. It's, it's the game. It's the atmosphere. It's the way the fans are. It's it's the entertainment. It, you know, it's the whole package you get with the NFL, and, and you don't 
appreciate it. I, th- I think you really appreciate it when you go and watch a game. And then when you start finding Red Zone, that's the other part, I think, which is obviously good. I think without Red Zone, um, it's a tough one because Red Zone is just awesome, right? It's just nonstop action. Uh, so yeah. I think a combination of Red Zone and the, the games is uh, is certainly hyping it up. Yeah, and I mean, look for me, I've not been to the London games yet. I've not been to one. I've not. I've just not had the chance to to, to head down to one, although I'm desperate to go soon. You know, my last experience of live NFL is watching the Scottish Claymores uh, in NFL Europe, um, wow. whenever that was. I, mean, we I don't even world... know what that is. Oh, <laughs> NFL, I did not is remember NFL real? Europe. NFL Europe was... I remember the London kind of... Monarchs. That's yeah, it was the London Monarchs, yeah. wasn't it? The oh, Scottish Claymores, go. the Rhinefire, Barcelona Dragons, the Frankfurt Galaxy. It was... I'm going to say it was awesome. It wasn't really. Um, because it's, I, I look back at that, which was, I mean, their first ever match, I got free tickets when I was at school. So we're talking 25 years ago. Um, and they played at Murrayfield. They played at Murrayfield Stadium in Edinburgh, the Scottish Claymores, which is a 68,000 seater stadium. You know, maybe about 10, 12,000 folk there. Um, they had Gavin Hastings as a as a kicker, you know, just yeah. to try and, oh yeah, I mean, they were, they were properly, trying to, properly trying to push it. Um, but, you know, I remember going to that match and going with my pals from school and they were all like, this is boring. This is so boring. But I was getting well into it. And I didn't. I followed the Claymores for quite a bit after that. But then after NFL Europe folded again, you know, kind of lost interest. Um, but like, commercially, there's no doubt that the international games have been genius from the NFL. Absolute genius. Um, it, it's not that much of a of a travelling issue, really. I dare say, especially when you count, you know, actually what the travelling is normally like in America. Yeah. Um, and and for the benefits that they get out of it, you know, are massive. And look, it's only going to extend. The NBA are in the United Arab Emirates this year. You know, they're doing a they're doing a game in Abu Dhabi next week. I think it is, isn't it? Um, you know, your worry is it can it, it can extend and it can extend too far, and especially for the fans of the actual home teams as well. You you, know, you obviously don't want to make it just a business model but you know they get they get such hype the international games in london i'll tell you what i noticed at the game on on sunday was when i used to go really early doors like for me was like 2014 it was every other seat in the stadium was a different shirt you know cardinal packer etc the turnout for the for the two teams playing which was the vikings and the saints this year was phenomenal i mean it was yeah i mean the saints were the home team but it was full of vikings and saints fans it was wow. a phenomenal turnout and on the trains on the way there so many american accents i mean they're literally coming over to to follow yeah. their team so you say that about like following uh, like it's, it's out of order for the home teams mm. which it is in america obviously they they're missing out on that one game so you don't want too many but i think they enjoy it i think it's like yeah. let's get over to the uk and take in the full experience over here as well so yeah, those can those can afford it of course and look true the other thing is the other thing is that you know they've been really lucky in that most of the games that have been in london have actually been crackers yeah. there's been a couple of duds but there's been so many you know real yeah. crackers you talked about the lions game there this weekend you know, oh, was another absolute 61 yard field it. goal at the end of the game. Oh, double doink. Double doink. I mean, yeah, I there know, you go. I mean, something else. It was something else. So, yeah, yeah I mean, they, they have been lucky from that side of things as well. Yeah. I mean, because I, I was feeling sorry for you going to the game prior to it because I was looking at it thinking, 
this 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 just is not going to happen, right? I mean, this is going to be a whitewash, but I couldn't believe how close that game was in the end. Yeah. Well, the Saints yeah. had a lot of players out. Andy Dalton was the starting QB, and he Andy, didn't yeah. have a bad game. Yeah, the Andy old Red Rifle well. stepped he up. Well. Yeah. yeah, he really did. Right. Brilliant. Thanks for that, Paul. Um, my one thing that I want to talk about is the Ravens. Okay. Um, you talked about the Lions, Steve, and how entertaining they've been as well. The Ravens have been the same for me, but almost for the wrong reason. You know, the, the thing that I've seen about the Ravens this year is that never turn off a game they're playing in because they do not know how to hold on to a lead. Uh, and they did it. They did it again at the weekend. You know, they, two weeks ago, they played the Dolphins and blew a 21 point lead in the last quarter. Uh, and then this time around, they're you know, playing the Bills. The Bills, who are coming off the loss to the Dolphins and seemed invincible after the first couple of weeks, 17 points up against them and throw it away again. But why did um, they take that field goal when it was 20 apiece? I still don't understand that. that it what was, was there. Jackson doing? They the played that fourth happened? down. And, well, oh, fourth, fourth, and, fourth and goal on the two-yard line, <laughs> and it got intercepted. Yeah. You know? Absolutely I mean, absolute shocking. shocker. And look, Lamar Jackson is he's a stud. He's a stud of a player and, and a fancy player as well. You know, one of the top ranked QBs, you know, absolutely brilliant player. But and they, they just can't seem to, to hold on to it. Now, I'm going to give you the most fascinating stat that I've ever come across in the Ravens history. When they've been ahead by 17 points or more. They are 101 and five. So when they've been 17 points up in their games, they've been 101 and five in their history. Okay. Okay? Two of those five losses have come in the last three weeks. Whoa. (laughs) Wow. You know, so, so they're a team who have traditionally have got ahead and stayed ahead, but they just can't seem to do it at the moment. Why do you think that is? You know what? I I, I don't even know if I can answer it. I mean, I I think I think the problem uh, with the Ravens there is it it was almost for me like on this particular one, it was just the tiniest error. Right. It just happened in the moment and, you know, just didn't think about it. And and, and, it's kind of the same thing with me, really. Right. You know, I, I honestly can't explain it because you look at Ravens and I was watching that game. and I was thinking these guys look immense. Lamar Jackson's playing amazing. The team looks so strong. They were absolutely crushing the Bills, which you were like, you know, Bills have been fantastic as well. You know, Josh Allen was getting smashed up left, right and centre. He was having a terrible game in the first half. Yeah, he really was. Ravens are showing the Bills up right now. And and these guys are contenders. And then, bang, you know. um, Piss it away again. So I got no words. I I, I honestly got no words. I was really surprised. There was a couple of games where they were turned around massively. Um, Eagles was another one, you know. Um, But... Yeah, don't know. No words. <laughs> you think you too many teams these days are playing on the fourth down thing? I mean, a couple. It seems the last couple of seasons, everybody just goes for it on fourth, almost no matter where they are on the on the pitch. I've seen more fake punts in the last few weeks. True. That I think I've seen in my life. Um, and look, it, it's it's making for entertaining games. I mean, let's get that. I don't think I've ever seen so many high scoring games at the start of an NFL season. Really, there really have been loads and tight high scoring games as well, you know, not total blowouts. So it's making, it's making for entertaining. But if I was a head coach, I'd be tearing my hair out. Can you believe it? You might look back on that and go, okay, that's when it all started to fall apart, those last two games. <laughs> yeah, because it's going to affect morale, right? Because they're all working yeah. so hard and stupid decisions um, made that happen. So, yeah, interesting one. Strong team, but making some silly errors. Yeah. 
Yeah, we will see. We will see. Listen, thanks, guys. That's been really good. Uh, and that is our What Three Things for this week. And now it's time for our review of week four in the Anglescott Fantasy League. Let's have a look and see what the results were this week. The Byfleet Sharks beat the Reading Renegades 207 points to 156, bouncing back from last week's defeat. Um, an incredibly close match at the top of the table. The Bears Den Grizzlies beat the Chiltern Stallions by 207 points to 204 to go top of the league. The Auchengain Alligators pick up their first win of the season uh, against the Essex Musketeers, 228 points to 201. And last year's champ, Steve, on the pod today, lost to the Benali Ballbags. Um, really high scoring match though, 238 points to 213 points. Where does that leave us at the end of week four? Well, we have new leaders at the top of the league. The Bears Den Grizzlies on a 3-1 record. Chilton Stallions and Byfleet Sharks also on 3-1 second and third respectively. Two teams are on 2-2, two two, the Benali Ballbags in fourth and the OBS Wolfpack in fifth. And the remainder of the teams are currently with one win and three losses in order. Reading Renegades, Ockingain Alligators, and then the Essex Musketeers. Two first-round picks sitting, languishing at the bottom of the league in eighth. Before we get into your game, Paul, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm all over the place this week. Um, ironically, I still believe I've got a reasonable team because I haven't been blown away in any game this week. I played uh, the, the Wolfpack the week before, um, and that was a super, super tight game between us, and, and the Wolfpack are notoriously high scorers. But this week for me, I was against my uh, arch-rival, Mr. Alligator himself, Broadwood. Yeah. Shall we and get into shall we get into that match, shall we? Go on then. Yeah. Go let's on. go. Let, let, let's deep dive into it. Okay, so so game one this week was the Ockingane Alligators against the Essex Musketeers. And as you say, the Ockingane Alligators were the only team with a zero and three record coming into it. But he's broken the duck, uh, winning 228 points to 201. As you say, Paul. When you came on, first of all, and did your Meet the GMs, you said, the Alligators, they're the team I need to beat. Yeah. You fucked it. Yeah. What happened? I I poked a hornet's nest because this guy, (laughs) Broadwood, has been trolling me, trolling me on our WhatsApp group. The man has a gift for every occasion. Um, In fact, in fairness, he's beat me twice. He's actually beat me twice. He beat me in the game and he's broken me in the WhatsApp group because stupidly I started retaliating. I started finding gifts back and it was just a (laughs) bit of a gift war. And he, he sent me this gift. I could do this all day. And you know what? He could. I mean, he's gone off on one. He has gone berserk. He, it's like he's won the league. We've all been putting up with him. Um, he's a nightmare. I think my quote in the WhatsApp group was, he's won one game and he thinks he's Jose fucking Mourinho. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing, to be honest. I'd be it very is. embarrassed if I was him. Yeah. Well, listen, like, unsurprisingly, 
he's phoned in to the commissioner's voicemail this oh, week. Okay. Shall, we, shall we listen to what he's got to say? If we must, if we go must. Go on, then. Okay, here we go. Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Ah! Get it up, yes! That's okay. it. That's I it. actually thought it was going to be a lot worse than that. Okay. Could have been I mean, worse. Yeah, you think about the gifts that have been flying out there. I was expecting something a lot more, as I said in the WhatsApp group, a lot more violent. Um, but yeah, yeah no. Well, you know, it, 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 you know, it's, 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 it's short and sweet. He's one of those things in real life. I won't tell you which one. Um, but look, look, he, he had a good week. You can't, you can't deny it. He's been moaning, moaning and moaning and moaning about Austin Eckler to the point he's actually been trolling Austin Eckler on Twitter. Um, and, and actually, you know, <laughs> replying to him with pictures of him writing the word fraud over his chest to say that oh, Austin Eckler is just uh, a fraud of a player and doing nothing. In his words, he thinks that it's been his motivation that has got him to work this week. 37 points for Austin Eckler. He's, he's suddenly the third ranked running back in the league. He had to um, go off against me, didn't he? He had to save yeah. it for me. Yeah. And, you know, he, he, he has been complaining that his, that his running backs were just doing nothing for him. And look, lo and behold, in one week, he's, he's managed to do it. He dropped Delvin Cook, which was a brilliant choice. Um, Putin Herbert, who scored him more points. Evans from the Buccaneers scored him 31 points. Um, like, it just seems to be one of those weeks where everything came together for him. And um, it was it was against it was against you, Paul. I know, I know, and I'm and, paying and look, for it now. <laughs> yeah, you are. And and look, the thing is, he was he was miles ahead of you come Monday as well, which is a shame because Debo Samuel ended up having a great game for you. Yeah, Nick Bosa um, as well got me 15. Yeah, exactly. Apple 40 points just in them two players. Yeah. Yeah. But but by that point it was it was already too late. So listen, Paul. Importantly, where do you go from here? Uh, well, the only way is up because I'm back at the bottom of the table. Yeah. <laughs> and and Luke, we talked about this from the beginning. Two first round picks. Yeah. And we said, Luke, you've got to be you know looking four and one, five and one, something like that, and you're one and three. My my only saving grace is last year I was blown away in most of the games. I wasn't even in them. This year. I still don't, I've not been smashed, smashed. Like I've not been, you know, like the Renegades this week. They they were destroyed, you know, 60 points or something like that. It was a comfortable win for the Sharks. Um, I feel like I'm in the games. You just need that one player to go off. And and he had it this week in Eckler. So fuck Eckler. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we now speak for everyone in the group when we say fuck Austin Eckler. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, so we go into game two, shall we? And look, let's speak about the Reading Renegades. Um, they look like they're in trouble. They look like they're in trouble. This week they played the Byfleet Sharks, who look, had a brilliant start to the season, ended up losing to the Stallions last week in the top of the table clash, um, but have come back with a bang, scoring 207 points against 156 for the Reading Renegades. You're right, a 50-point win for the Byfleet Sharks. Um, against the Reading Renegades. Look. Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Lino from the Renegades here. Um, so you you earmark one game of the season you expect to win, one where you've you know, done well in the past. Uh, you think to yourself, you thrashed them last season. They must be battered and wounded. There's no way they're going to come back. 
And well, it wasn't just Spurs who uh, who didn't turn up at the weekend. It was the Renegades. Very disappointed. Uh, mm, positives: Christian McCaffrey got 25 points. Negatives: my bench. Actually, no, a positive. Actually, my bench weren't too bad. But obviously, them being on the bench and uh, I know Davis. Uh, less than three points as a wide receiver not good uh, just yeah to lose to the Sharks humiliating uh, he must be pretty depressed at the moment but we did get a message on the commissioner's voicemail from Nick the GM of the Byfleet Sharks let's hear what he had to say after this week please leave your name and phone number after the beep we will return your call hi this is Nick Walter GM of Byfleet Sharks just giving a summary of week four. Week four was another win for me, which I was uh, very happy about against the uh, the Renegades. Which first of all, he doesn't sound very happy. <laughs> it sounds to me like he's leaving a voicemail while he's chatting to his golf buddies on his other WhatsApp group, which yeah. is uh, yeah. I agree, GM Steve. More stuff. important he's things rela- going on. He's yeah. too relaxed, isn't he? I don't he know is too relaxed. Hi, this guy. Yeah. But anyway, let's let's go back and listen to the other things you had to see. Is um, my um, my nemesis team? So poor old Andrew has to endure some um, some shit from me, basically, which is always nice. Um, but uh, yeah, really happy with the result. Um, we're looking a little bit closer throughout Sunday evening. Um, but uh, to finish on on over two hundred points, I was uh, yeah super happy, especially after the. The loss against the Stallions in week three after a recount. So uh, having having already won, having been notified that I'd won by the NFL app uh, against the Stallions in week three, and only for a recount to uh, to kick in, I think three four days later, uh, and I ended up losing by 0. 0.10. So I was absolutely gutted. It's worth mentioning that because obviously we were off last week and we didn't actually get the opportunity to speak about just an incredible bit of fantasy football. And anyone who's, who listens to this and, and, and knows fantasy football and understands it will just kind of work, try to get in their heads how crazy a week we had last week. It was the Stallions against the Sharks, top of the table clash, both of them undefeated, both of them 3-0. and zero, Okay, The end of the games on Monday night, so all the scores had been counted and the Byfleet Sharks had won by a point. You know, it was, it was so close, but they'd won by a point. Two days later, the NFL.com app updated itself and said, oh, we've had a change uh, in one of the points scoring. And it took points off the Byfleet Sharks so that the final score in that game was the Stallions 171.3 against the Sharks 171.2. Point one of a point. So literally one, one rushing yard by any player made the difference we've not been able to touch on that but i mean you heard it in nick's voice there and i think that's probably why he's still you know despite the fact he's won he still sounds like a broken man because that stays with you yeah yeah it's a tough one especially uh when it's the stallions as well right just feels a bit uh someone's hacked it or something right you just you've got to watch this uh this comish right now right yeah i mean there's there's, there's part of me that wonders if uh, if fitz has done a deal with cambridge analytica or something like that you know Bill's matt with one t he's done a deal with matt with one t yeah so yeah. but look i mean that was that was you know kind of incredible last week and, and really kind of did it 
really kind of blew us away. And I don't think we've had, well, well we've, we've certainly not had a match that close ever in our history. Um, and to, to lose that one point, you know, hopefully it doesn't come back to bite him. You know, he's got a good enough team to get to the playoffs, that's for sure. But yeah, absolutely unbelievable. But listen, he bounced back this week. He really did bounce back this week. And he's yeah. right, 207 points against, you know, 156. So a, a really big win. But the one thing I noticed is that his injuries are starting to rack up. Mm, I saw Williams, that. yeah. Williams is running back from the Broncos, out on injured reserve. Hela. Uh, mm-hmm. Hela came out. Now we don't yeah. know what the root what what how bad injury is for Taylor. Yeah. But that's his that's his keeper. That's his main guy. That's gonna be a worry. The thing is though, and this is the thing, right? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but it feels as if the scores feel a lot higher consistently this year than last year in a lot of the games, right? Yeah. There's a lot of high points being scored. You just look at that score there from the Sharks, right? That 206 points. Um, if you actually look, though, you know, there's several players in his team which hardly got any points. So I know Taylor got injured, right? But he only got a few points. He had Williams only got a few points. They got so three they, each. Yeah, yeah nothing. They, got, they got three each. I mean, if he just made a couple of um, decision changes, imagine what his score would have been. I mean, look at Jacobs, right? I mean, he absolutely smashed. He's got, he's got Jacobs on the bench. He's got Singletary on the bench. He's got... Yeah. Uh, Satmar, I mean, he's got some good players on the bench. So I think even with his injuries, Sharks still look dangerous. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And, and look, he, he seems to have players which are coming into a game as well. C.D. Yeah. Lamb, who I've just abused since the beginning of the, <laughs> of the season, because I, you know, I always thought he was an overrated player. And like, 22 points this week. Edwards Hilaire's, sure. yeah, Edwards Hilaire's suddenly becoming a, a, a bit of an RB1 option at, at Kansas City. You know, mm. 23 points this week. Tyreek Hill, being over him, guy's an absolute, you know, absolute beast and just a point-scoring machine. You know, him and, yeah. him and Cup seem to be the top two wide receivers. Jefferson's hot and cold sometimes, but those two guys are, are nailing it on a on a consistent week by week basis. Um, let's turn to the Renegades, because um, as as Nick said, you know the Renegades are his rivals. He's not just beaten this them this week; he's he's absolutely battered them. The thing I've noticed about the Renegades team is that he has chopped and changed his team like nobody's business. He keeps on putting different people in, different people out. Um, you know, Jackson's his quarterback and is normally doing well. Didn't have a great week this week. 14 points. He's got McCaffrey, who, again, has been a bit up and down, but a good week this week. Um, he's traded Harris. So yeah, this just came tried. through this, this just came through today. The first trade of the season. Um, the um, Renegades have traded Najee Harris for um, Amari Cooper. With you, Steve. What's yeah. your thinking about that? Are you happy with that trade? Well, look, you know, the thing is, I mean, Cooper's had uh, a couple of good games, right? Uh, and he's had a couple of not-so-good games. Um, you know, the Browns, I, I just don't know. I just don't know what's going to happen, right? I just, you know, you can't trust. For me, you can't trust it. But I'm, I'm very strong on my wide receivers. I think that is... The main point here, I've got a lot of wide receivers, and I feel like I'm, and I feel like I'm in a very strong position on wide receivers. But my running backs, um, as everybody knows, when it goes back to the draft, okay, I took a back seat on picking those guys, um, and I haven't had that much of an option. I mean, Montgomery was one of my best running backs, and you know he's questionable, and yeah. bloody Herbert is doing fantastic at the moment to the point where you go, Herbert's going to get more and more touch times, right? I mean, the guys flying for he looks like a great uh, running back yeah, so yeah. I needed a running back um, and I had the ability within my team to lose uh, a fairly good potential wide receiver there um, so that's the reason why I did it 
Um, I, I, so I, I still look at it and go, I get it from both sides. Uh, I do feel it's slightly better for me, um, but uh, that's the reason why I did it. I, I needed a running back. But for him, uh, well, I think this just goes back to your point earlier. I don't think the Renegades know what to do. No. I think they're in panic mode right now, and they don't know what to do. I would agree. And he's picked up the injuries as well. Hall's questionable for this week. Samuel's questionable for this week. Samuel of the Commanders. And uh, you know, Reese Hall, who's been a really good player for the Jets this year, uh, yeah. both questionable this week. May come to nothing. But yeah, like, they're, they're, they're suddenly the team I'm worried about. The Renegades, it must be said. Listen, let's go into match three, shall we? And let's follow on with you, Steve, against me. The ball bags against the Wolfpack. Um, the ball bags coming out winners. Um, 238 points to 213. Look, I see us, the ball bags, like we've talked about the Lions, like we've talked about the Ravens. You can't keep your eyes off us because we're high scorers, but sometimes we're just not getting the job done. This week we did. Um, you know, we're two and two. I'm fourth. Yeah, I'm the highest point scorer in the league by quite a few now. Um, I've been probably been just unlucky in that sometimes I've played against teams that were that were, you know, just scoring scoring more than us. But this week, again, it was just one of those ones where big guys came into play. Um, we had a really close match this week, actually, Steve, in reality, because we went to bed after the Sunday night games and I looked at it on, Sunday, on the Monday morning ahead of Monday night football. And I think I was leading you by about 20 points, something like that, uh, before the 49ers against the Rams match. But you've got Cooper Cup. You've got Cooper Cup and also you've got Bobby Wagner as well. Because yeah. I had um, Matt Gay, I had the 49ers defence, and I had uh, Hufanga, the defensive back from San Francisco. And I had about a 20-point yeah. lead. And I thought, against Cooper Cup and Bobby Wagner, I don't think that's enough. And I, and, I, and I saw myself losing. And then I woke up on Tuesday morning. And what happened? The Rams only scored three times. And it was three field goals all from that gate. Um, the 49ers had an amazing defence. Uh, and they had one pick-six interception score, which was scored by... Who fang my defensive back? So like all the yeah. things just 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 fell into place. Uh, I think under normal circumstances I probably wouldn't have won because Cooper Cup still got you what 28, 29 points. Well, you look at that, right? So yeah, you look at you look at uh, how the Rams did, and he still got twenty seven points. I mean, yeah. you know who does that? Who does that in a team? I mean, Cooper Cup. I mean, that's why I picked him as my keeper. Um, he's proven me well so far this season. I mean, he's just such a great player, such a workhorse, but. This 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 weekend was was a tough one. It wasn't as tough. Um, it, it wasn't as tough as some other weekends in regards to the way it was messing my head because I actually felt like you were going to win. I felt like you were going to win for a majority of all of it. <laughs> I, I wife, mean, I didn't. But. but but my wife will probably take you through all the emotions better than I can explain <laughs> it because one minute I was like, this, it's over, I've lost. Then I was like, I'm in this, I'm in this, and I did the same thing. I went to sleep thinking. You know, 20 points difference, but I've got cup. It is quite a lot. And I wasn't yeah. even thinking about the defense of the 49ers. I oh. was almost forgetting that they get many points. So just, it looks, when I looked at the score in the morning, I was like, this is a whitewash. Why do I even think I was in it? And then, yeah, watch the uh, yeah. the overview of the game and then realize what happened. So yeah. um, the yeah, pick six changed it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was. Look, it was a really close yeah. one. And look, for me, Damien Pierce scored a fucking touchdown. Mm. And not only did he score a touchdown, it was what an 80 yarder, and it was a beauty. So um, maybe I'm back on the pure hype train after all. 
Mm. Yeah, did no, you see good. though, uh, Steve, one of your players, Bobby Wagner, maybe you missed out on some points because he tackled that fan, didn't he? You see that guy who ran onto the pitch with the flare? Yeah. Surely oh. that should have been worth 10 points. Come on, it the guy was, had a flare, for God's sake. It was beautiful, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. I, mean, I mean, Bobby Wagner hardly moved. He just dropped him the shoulder. And the guy went <laughs> 10 points there, 10 points. It was beautiful. As Fitz yeah. would say, it was lovely stuff. It was really good. It was really good. I mean, I guess the only thing I would say is if I'd had maybe sent Brown in the team, or such a high scoring game, maybe it would have been a bit closer. But um, I'm a great yeah. loser this week, let's say. No, look, and, look, and, we, and it's, worth, it's a good game. Exactly. And, and we actually said that in the WhatsApp group, you know, it was all about the, the, the joy of the game this this week. You know, I've not been overly gloating because I know I could have gone the other way as well. So, you know, it was it was a good match. But speaking of good matches, let's get on to match of the week, the final match. Mm. Because it was the top two in any case, the Bears then Grizzlies against the Chiltern Stallions. And how close could it be again? 207 to 204. Just three points in it. Uh, the Grizzlies coming out on top. And because of that, the Grizzlies, despite the fact they lost their first game, three in a row, now top of the league. Let's hear what Grizzlies GM Barry Rankin had to say when he called the commissioner's voicemail this week. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Grizzlies GM here, top of the league, winning record against the Stallions extended. Um, Stallions GM pissed off about a trade, which is always funny. Uh, annoyingly, Gator's getting off the mark, so he's going to be a nightmare at the NFL game this weekend. And the league is looking pretty competitive with multiple teams scoring over 200 points. So it's going to be an interesting one. I'll enjoy being top of the league while I can. He's probably been quite clever there and just not getting ahead of himself. Um, oh. like, like again, we said we said he he didn't have a first round pick and he's top of the league. Hats off mm-hmm. to Barry, eh? I mean, he said yeah. before was it he always wins the draft and maybe he has. Yeah, Luke. I mean, the, the 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 players that he's got and even even the players that have, have done him well before, you know, maybe didn't didn't perform brilliantly. Um, you know, Kirk didn't have a great game. He only scored ten points. Patterson's now on injured reserve. You know, mm. uh, Cordell Patterson, who's been a brilliant pickup for him. I mean, what a player he's been so far this season. But could be out for you know a significant significant period of time this year. Um, who knows? But he's got Josh well, Allen. He has, and you know, also saved him, right? I mean, he did a good job. He got um, you know on waivers as well, right? Picking up Williams. I mean, look at the yeah. difference that made to his team. I mean, yeah, Williams you know, scored twenty uh, points from this week. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you take him out and put another RB in there, look how Robinson did for him. I mean, you know, he would have been completely off the ball. So that was a great pickup by him. And and yeah, I'm kicking myself up. I did because I picked up the first QB in the draft, and I was looking at Josh Allen, Josh Allen, and I went with Mahomes and Adams. Yeah, yeah, even. He's just smashing it up, Alan. He looked, he looked, even as bad as he looked in the first half, he completely made up for it in the second half. So, There's some yeah. really good QB performances this year. I mean, Alan, you know, yeah. we've talked about two as well, but like, I mean, let's kind of obviously leave the horrendous injury to the side. Uh, but, you know, he's been, he's been incredible. Um, you know, Kyler Murray is still playing well, despite his, his flaws, you know, shall we say. Hurts, um, the Eagles. Hurts. No, yeah, Hurts. Hurts, yeah, Hurts, yeah he's, 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 been, he's been absolutely brilliant. And even getting down to... Even the way Flacco's been playing for the Jets, you know, as a, as a backup, he's been he's been brilliant. And you mentioned Dalton as well, had a great game, actually, in reality, yeah. you know, the weekend. So, you know, there's been some really good, really good QB stuff. Um, the commissioner's away, Fitz, he's not left a message uh, on his voicemail. I, I don't know how you do that, leave a message on your own voicemail. Why would you do that, sad man? Um, yeah. 
he'll, he'll be stinging. He'll be stinging this week. You know, um, being the only unbeaten team and, and going down by, by two points. That's going to be a tough one for him. It, it, it is. I mean, he's got a good team, right? I mean, he has got a good team. I mean, I was... The QB position, I, I was, um, I was questioning for him, like you know, is he, you know, is this near where? But but Burrow's come pretty good, right? And he's not yeah. had a great start to the season, but he's come pretty good. But you look, you look at his like RBs there. I mean, look at Chad and Sanders, how well they did. But he's he's got a good team. Um, I think we're all glad he lost uh, this week. Um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he's going to go on a two or three game losing streak right now. Yeah. I think that's the hope. Look, but but he was but Barry was right when he said it's actually an incredibly competitive league. Loads oh, of people yeah. scoring loads of points. You know, I wouldn't like to, I wouldn't like to predict it. Uh, no, it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous to get ahead of yourself. I think in this league because you could end in tears and and predict it. Can't do it. Can't do it this year. Apart from one thing, I think one thing's a pretty sure thing. And I think you all know what that is. And well, renegades are going. Renegades are going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Beautiful. Listen, thanks so much for the recap this week, guys. We've got another great week of matches coming up. Uh, the Essex Musketeers, can they get off the bottom of the league? They are against the Byfleet Sharks, who still seem to be winning. Um, OBS Wolfpack against the top-of-the-table Grizzlies. Uh, that's going to be a great matchup. Uh, we've got the Edinburgh Derby. Benali Bobag is against the Ockengane Alligators. I cannot lose to that prick. Uh, and last but not least, we've got the Chilton Stallions against... Uh, the Reading Renegades uh, will we'll update you with the scores next week. Uh, but thanks very much for joining us for this week's update. Right, guys, nearing the end of the pod, uh, just last bit, any other business. And I, I wanted to talk about trades uh, because there have been some crazy trade offers swirling the way around our, our league this week. Um, I think we're just getting into the feel of it now, seeing who we need, who we're lacking. Uh, and I think more to the point as well, getting into people's heads to see who we can piss off. Steve, we've talked about the trade that's probably going through this week already, but you know, you've had another couple of things on the back burner, haven't you? Yeah, well, you know what? I think this whole trade thing is pretty funny. I mean, we have this option in, I mean, I've only been in this for, for two seasons, right? And um, I think I I've, I try and do a trade, which I think is, is, is fair, right? Because you know otherwise it's going to get heckled, right? So I was thinking with this one, it's going to raise a few eyebrows, right? But at the end of the day, you're going to look at it and go, I get, I get it. I look at the scenario. And it was quite surprising to see the reaction from our WhatsApp group. There was some, there was some funny stuff where people were messing around, but Jesus Christ, the Stallions GM, like, what the hell happened? They just lost it. I mean, I think I got the name as the bot man. I think we should give it to the Stallions. I mean, he's doing all these stats, looking at, oh, you know, this wild raw, uh, he's a wide receiver free, and, and, and uh, oh, and this guy's this. Shut up, man. Look at the two teams. Look at the situation. We've just done a trade to try and help ourselves win. We're not experts. We're not pros. We're in this for fantasy to have some fun, and we did the trade. Um, but it was interesting to see how our, how our fantasy teams dealt with it, and I think that's when you see this really serious edge from some of the people in our league and how uh, how touchy they get with it. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, hey, I could be looking in two, three weeks, and Cooper could blast out 20, 30 points, right, for two or three games in a row. And yeah, and and you know, and I, I might end up with hardly anything, right? And and I can just imagine the chat. It's going to be all, 
in my face right from the fantasy teams. But at the end of the day, that's the risk you take, right? I mean, we both needed a player. We both found a player and, uh, and happy days. Uh, I'd be interested to know what your feedback is on it. Uh, like I'm, I'm never going to turn down a trade. I don't think I've ever rejected a trade unless it's, it's, it's obviously, you know, just a, a, a trick, if you like, you know, and someone's just kind of given up and, and doing something which is blatantly unfair. Because the thing about trades is that it's all about what the people need, uh, you know. And and if I feel that that you know, if I feel that something gives me value, then I will take it. Or if I feel that something offers value, then I will offer it. Uh, if the other team agrees that it is, then we're we are in agreement. You know, we've we've in effect done a deal. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm never going to stand in the way of that. I know other people think differently. What about you, Paul? Yeah, it's a very prickly topic. When trades really look like they're about to go through, the, the WhatsApp group just lights up. Um, everybody's got an opinion. Nobody, well, maybe not Nick, but nobody, um, nobody's <laughs> quiet. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm the same. I, I'm exactly the same. I just feel if this guy needs this, the other guy needs that, then that's it. That, that, that's the deal. I know like we're sort of protected where we can veto the trade if we feel like something shady is going on, like two teams are ganging up on, on someone else. I mean, I'm a little bit open to that against the alligators. Oh, I won't lie. So yeah, any offers, just send them over. But no, jokes aside, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I just feel like if that's what you want and, and the other guy agrees, then, then deal's a deal. I'm never going to stand in the way of it, but say that in five weeks' time when someone does a trade that's probably going to fuck me, then I'll veto it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I will just say one thing, right? In fairness to uh, our Stallions GM and our commissioner, you know, he did, I think he, I think he slept on it, and uh, and he did he did send me a WhatsApp this morning, and, he's, and he said he thinks it's fair now. So it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. And I think that's okay. part of our group, isn't it? It's the banter. It's the banter. We get it, and I think, you know, including myself, you just have to remember not to take it too seriously. We're just, uh, as you said at the start, a bunch of guys taking the piss out of each other. <laughs> he still acted like a fucking child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can say that because he's not here. But listen, thank you so much, guys, for joining us this week. Fitz will be back next week. Um, we've got our matches coming up. But again, follow us on the social media. Do please try to send us an email, give us a ranking uh, and a rating or wherever you get your podcasts. Steve, Paul. It's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, And we will see you all next week. Bye, son.